Hello and welcome to the REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borg from Quito, and today we're looking at ways to navigate the current real estate investment landscape with Carly Tripp, Chief Investment Officer for the Americas at Nuveen Real Estate. Carly, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to start by asking you about your current thinking regarding the macro backdrops for commercial real estate at mid-year and looking into the second half of 2020. Sure. Um, So, you know, broadly speaking, right now we have a situation that's largely unprecedented and is unfolding as we speak. And it feels like it's changing rapidly from day to day. Um, And as we head into September, we have a lot more information than we did at the start of this pandemic. In March and April, we were really struggling to figure out and sort through how we were going to engage um, and and act over the coming months. And so as we head into September, we're feeling generally better that we have much more information, not only around the severity and handling of the virus, but also related to how people are coping um, and reacting to this new normal. And it's really important to track and have access very current data for commercial real estate because it tends to lag the real economy. As an institutional owner, we have to become very good, for instance, at tracking rent collection data at the properties, which helps to measure the overall health of our portfolios. From a more macro level, looking at how active and mobile people are is also really important as you know, the largest sectors in commercial real estate serve as gathering places for people. So looking at Apple mobility measures, uh, gasoline consumption, hotel occupancies, airport traffic, those can all provide good signals into the health of the consumer and the economy on a non-lagged basis. And if you start to put all of you know, our own internal data together and external, Overall, we're seeing positive momentum, and many of the tenants we serve have been supported by monetary and fiscal intervention. Um, however, there, there has been a dichotomy in performance across sectors. So if we look at how industrial properties have fared in light of an increased um, activity in e-commerce compared to, say, a shopping mall, clearly there's been some dispersion in how the pandemic has impacted individual sector performance. So going into the second half of the year, and particularly into the election season, I expect that dispersion in performance to widen, as demand drivers are very important not only on a sector basis, but also locally as states have enacted different policies for for handling the pandemic. And how do you ideally go about positioning a portfolio amidst all this um, uncertainty that you speak of? Yeah, so so I'm a I'm a big believer in not getting distracted by day-to-day noise or headlines, and that's something you know I'll say to the team on repeat over time. Uh, but at the same time, you always have to be cognizant of the environment you're investing in. I tend to often use a plant analogy when talking about this. Uh, if your long-term strategy is to maintain a thriving, growing, healthy plant you may need to alter your approach from time to time if weather conditions change 
but you're not going to just rip up your plan and start a fresh plan just because it may not be raining so often during any given week. Um, instead, you supplement and you adapt. And it's similar to investing. So while your long-term strategy and approach to investing doesn't change, your tactics of getting to those long-term goals may need to be adapted from time to time. Uh, but it's really important to be disciplined and patient during times of uncertainty in order to not sacrifice long-term results for short-term gains. And there's a quote uh, from my macro professor in grad school that's just stuck with me to this day. He said, the only thing you will get out of trying to time short-run cycles is that you will be wrong in the long run. So when investing and building portfolios, you really do have to stay focused in spite of uncertainty and maintain conviction as, as a long-term investor. And do you expect the pandemic to result in any shifting views about what's considered core versus non-core real estate? I do expect that uh, in some regards. And what we've seen during the pandemic is that some thematics, that were present pre-pandemic have actually accelerated post. Investors, I think, largely have very dif differing definitions of non-core and core real estate as it is, uh, but do commonly refer to the four traditional sectors of office, retail, apartments, and industrial as, as core in terms of building a real estate portfolio. And anything beyond what's considered traditional Oftentimes, you'll hear investors refer to as non-core. Uh, even prior to the pandemic, we were expecting this lower for longer scenario where returns had compressed. And investors, you know, were looking for ways to increase returns um, and augment their pipelines. One area of focus has been in the alternative real estate sectors, such as medical office, uh, life sciences, storage facilities, also single-family rentals you're seeing become more institutionalized. Um, and those also tend to have these non-cyclical attributes that make them very resilient through cycles. So I think some of these sectors uh, in the alternative space will continue to become more and more popular and institutional, so to speak, and naturally just become part of a long-term investor's core portfolio. So that's really kind of where I see down the line we may have some different definitions to core and non-core. Other attributes, you know, that we look at and assess on a, on a single investment related to leverage or occupancy levels um, that we also use to define core and non-core, I don't really envision those uh, single investment attributes changing much. Mm -hmm. And where do you see some of the most interesting real estate opportunities emerging, both in terms of sector and geographic region? Sure. So, so like I mentioned before, some of the thematics that we were focused on prior to the pandemic have had accelerated momentum post-pandemic. So using industrial as an example, industrial has been supported by an accelerated adoption across the country of e-commerce. So prior to the pandemic, we at Nuveen Real Estate were very focused on logistics, housing, and technology-driven real estate, and that's not changed. In fact, um, those thematics have become even more attractive post-pandemic with so 
important today, I think, is to focus on assets that can be adaptable during times of rapid technological change and also regulatory change. Geographically, I would say the pandemic has impacted states differently based on local economic drivers. So clearly, states that rely heavily on tourism, as an example, have been the most dramatically impacted from a job and revenue loss perspective. At the same time, you know, there's been varying policy decisions on a state-by-state basis that also impact the health of real estate. So I mentioned non-cyclical alternative sectors before. There's also non-cyclical markets we think will weather the pandemic uh, better. So a city like D.C. that's supported by the defense industry or Boston that's supported by a robust life science industry, those cities should fare well. Even smaller cities that have a lower proportion of residents that are 65 and older, such as Salt Lake City in Austin, should be insulated from severe strains to its local economy and residents because of COVID. Um, and, and overall, they should be better equipped to see their way through the other side of this pandemic. And there's so many varying factors to understand. That's why investors really should focus on being very, very good at individual asset selection right now uh, versus allocators. And finally, can you talk about the role that ESG plays in your investment decision-making? And do you anticipate that um, that changing as a result of the pandemic? ESG, you know, for us is, is an integrated part of everything we do. Um, And right now, we're at a pivotal point in history when it comes to several ESG-focused considerations. So, yes, I do anticipate that role increasing, particularly as the younger generations are much more sensitive to the environmental and social aspects um, than previous generations have been. At Nuveen Real Estate, uh, we have been focused on a transition to a low-carbon economy with an energy reduction goal of 30% by 2030, and that's off of a 2015 baseline. So we've been working on that for quite some time, and we're also looking to develop a path to a net-zero-carbon portfolio. Um, In addition, we assess climate risk for all new investments and our existing portfolio, And we will have 100% integration of ESG for all assets. Uh, So what does that mean? It really means that we're providing the individual portfolio managers with the tools and information they will need to make informed decisions um, as it relates to, to climate risk and other factors as they continue to build out portfolios and as they continue to decide which investments to acquire or which investments to sell. So it's something as a company that we are very, very passionate about and I think is just an integral step in our investment process. And I do expect um, other investors to follow suit here in the U.S. Clearly, Europe is a little step ahead of us, so to speak, as it relates to integrating ESG. But I do think um, it's going to become more and more imperative and important in the U.S. as we move forward. And do you think that the S focus of ESG could get more of a more attention going forward? Oh, I absolutely do. And so that's something that we've seen over the last few months um, 
you know, of the pandemic, and that's resulted in, in many different themes, you know, coming out of the U.S. in particular. And so the, the S right now is extremely highlighted, is extremely bright, um, and I think directionally as a population, it feels like we're headed in the right direction. But you have to understand, you know, the social impacts of, of everything you do. And it's on all of us, not only as a society, but also as corporations and as investors to ensure that, that what we're doing is overall, you know, good for our society. Great. Carly, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And to our listeners, for more news and analysis on REITs and listed real estate, be sure to visit NAIREIT's website, REIT.com.